You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. A.W. Tozer says, The presence of God is the central fact of Christianity. At the heart of the Christian message is God himself waiting for his redeemed children to push into conscious awareness of his presence. When you think about the Bible, it's actually 66 separate books. At least 40 different human authors were involved in writing it over the course of 1,500 years. What a diverse and unique collection of writings. What pulls all of these books together? What is sort of the cohesive theme and the big narrative and the big idea? What's kind of the center of the biblical storyline? And scholars and theologians have argued uh, about this for years and years and years. Some are now saying that they believe the center of biblical theology is actually the presence of God. And of course, here on the Presence Pioneers podcast, we believe God's presence changes everything, and we're passionate about the presence of God. And so I was pretty excited when I came across this book called God's Relational Presence. It's a theology book that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope you are doing well. I've written an article called God's Relational Presence, the Mega Theme of Scripture. It's up on my blog, and we'll put a link down in the description today. And basically what I want to do is read most of that blog to you today here on the podcast so that you can follow along with this amazing revelation. Again, here's a picture of the book for those of you who are watching on video. It's God's Relational Presence, the Cohesive Center of Biblical Theology by J. Scott Duvall and J. Daniel Hayes. All right, here is my blog, What Exactly Changes Everything. Some scholars and theologians are beginning to embrace the idea that the, quote, relational presence of God could be the thread that ties every book of the Bible together into a cohesive whole. J. Scott Duvall and J. Daniel Hayes argue for this idea comprehensively in God's relational presence, the cohesive center of biblical theology. The pair of scholars have partnered together, each bringing their individual academic specialties to the table to walk the reader through both the Old Testament and the New Testament. The author's main thesis is that, quote, the relational presence of God is the cohesive center of biblical theology, end quote. In their conclusion, they restate their claim. Quote, the triune God desires a personal relationship with his people and so makes his presence known to establish and cultivate this relationship. In other words, this relational presence of God lies at the heart of the Bible's overall message at the heart of biblical theology. End quote. In my book, David's Tabernacle, I proposed the idea that God's presence changes everything. It wasn't an academic book, so I wasn't arguing in a scholarly way, but I did try to make my case from Scripture and from my own experience to demonstrate the power of God's presence through worship and prayer to bring heaven to earth and to transform lives. I believe God wants to dwell among, know, and love His people in a tangible and personal way. This is at the heart of our existence and the redemptive narrative history. God is restoring his presence to his creation, and it really does change everything. For some, my emphasis on the presence of God may have seemed exaggerated. 
it changes everything, really. But I'm not the first to be to, so bold. Amazon released a laughable ad this fall that claimed that, quote, Prime changes everything, end quote. Cindy Lauper once sang that money changes everything. Various Christian movements, denominations, and streams put differing biblical themes in the center of their paradigm for understanding and expressing Christianity. Duvall and Hayes note in their book that others have put forth ideas such as redemption, creation, the kingdom of God, covenant, God's glory, and the sovereignty of God as primary theological themes. Awaken the Dawn, a ministry where I serve on staff, uses the phrase, Jesus changes everything. Wait. Isn't Jesus the manifestation of God's presence? We'll come back to that in a moment. With so many claims as to what most important, even within Christianity, it may have been a bit audacious for me to claim in my book that God's presence is the central theme in understanding God's purposes. But you can imagine my excitement when I discovered in the book God's Relational Presence that a few Baptist theologians are making that same case through their extensive study of all of Scripture. They seem convinced that God's presence more than any other topic is what the Bible is all about. They're also quick to point out that they are not the first ones to make this argument. Quote, the cohesive central mega theme of God's relational presence connects all other themes into the big overarching plot of the biblical story. In our view, most other biblical themes are actually subplots, so to speak each of which is interconnected and related to the mega story of God's relational presence. The authors spend most of their 300-page-plus book diving into Scripture book by book and tracing the prominence of God's presence in almost every chapter of the Bible. It's a thorough academic book. I made my way through it, but it's not light reading. However, the scope of their findings is quite overwhelming. Once you begin to see the prominence of God's relational presence in Scripture, you start to understand God's heart to be among and to know His people. You start to interpret the myriad of biblical stories, prophecies, and songs within the overarching narrative of God's desire to be in a relationship of covenant love with us. Quote, God's relational presence offers the ultimate reason for creation. The self-giving triune God inviting his people to enjoy perfect community. Presence also lies at the heart of the covenant. Quote, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I'll be in your midst. The fall of humanity is best seen as a loss of presence. Presence incarnate in Jesus Christ and made real by the empowering spirit makes possible the people of God as the new temple. Presence describes the end result of God's kingdom which is eternal communion with the King. Presence supplies the goal of the gospel, salvation for fellowship and for worship. Presence stands as the final chapter of God's salvation story. He will wipe away our tears and we will see his face. At the center of it all is God, the triune God who has created and redeemed and invited his people to enjoy his relational presence for eternity. That is what the Bible is all about. That is indeed the center of biblical theology. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. 
Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. End quote. That's from page 336 of their book. What is God's relational presence? One of my favorite contributions from the book is the simple but profound use of the phrase God's relational presence. They say that God, quote, makes his presence known to establish and cultivate relationship, end quote. I teach in my book, David's Tabernacle, that God is omnipresent, but that his presence can manifest itself in specific places, most notably in the midst of his worshiping people. Some call this the manifest presence of God or the glory of God. I talk about this in pages 88 through 90. While this is a biblical way of thinking about God and his presence, it can be helpful to think about God's presence relationally. Being close to God is less about proximity, and it's actually more about intimacy. We understand this principle when we speak about drifting apart from someone who used to be a close friend. We don't mean that our physical body is now miles away from theirs. We mean that there's been a decrease in the familiarity of that relationship. Likewise, our nearness to an omnipresent God is primarily about the condition of our relationship with Him. When the Apostle James writes in James 4, 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you, he's not imagining the Holy Spirit zooming through space from the other side of the galaxy to come visit us when we start worshiping and praying. His point is that as we open our hearts to the Lord, disclosing ourselves to Him, we will be able to experience more of God's hearts and presence and power in our lives as well. It's primarily about an intimate relationship, not a specific locale. One way the authors connect the idea of presence and relationship is through a series of phrases that are repeated throughout Scripture. Paul quotes these in 2 Corinthians 6.16, quote, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people, end quote. Here you see the vision of God dwelling among his people and relating to his people as the same vision. Knowing God is being with God. To love God is to experience his presence. These phrases used to describe God's desire for relational presence, some version of, I will be their God, they will be my people, and I will dwell in their midst, are found throughout the Bible. From God's covenant with Israel at Sinai to the Old Testament prophecies and throughout the New Testament writings. I think it's appropriate and biblical to ask God to come. We must remember that our asking God to come is an expression of our longing for depth and vibrancy in our relationship with the Lord. It's not a request for God to relocate. 
We can experience more of God if we are willing. And ultimately, that ache for more of God's presence will be fulfilled when Jesus himself returns to the earth in his second coming. God's relational presence, the book, highlights this reality when they note that Jesus is here but not yet conditioned in his letters to the church in Revelation 2 and 3. In one sense, they say that Jesus is near to the churches in his sustaining presence. In another sense, Jesus claims to be coming soon, Revelation 2, 25 and 3, verse 11, in what the authors call his promised eschatological presence. We may be experiencing a measure of God's presence now, but we long for more in this age now and in the age to come when he returns. Is worship the chicken or the egg? One area in which my teachings and God's relational presence would slightly disagree is in how we recognize the role of praise in experiencing God's presence. I teach in my book, quoting from people like King David and C.S. Lewis and others, that praise causes us to experience more of God's presence. The authors argue that praise is actually a result of God's presence. On page 329, they say, quote, we see glory in the sense of praise to be the result of glory in the sense of presence. Presence precedes praise and makes it possible. Praise is the result of presence. That might seem like a contradiction to what I've taught, but maybe it's the chicken and the egg scenario, which came first. I believe that praise and worship is a context in which God manifests his presence. I believe we should offer a sacrifice of praise to God, even if we don't feel his presence, simply because he's worthy to receive it. And many times when we do choose to praise God, then we begin to sense the manifestation of his presence. I certainly agree with the authors that God's presence results in praise as well. This could become a scenario in which praise and presence are fueling one another. We praise and experience more of God, and then we praise because we've experienced more of God. Maybe John Piper's quote from his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, is helpful. when He says that worship is both the fuel and the goal. In the context, Piper is referring to global missions, but the principle applies more broadly. Praise and worship are both a means and an end. We sing in order to draw near to God, but we also sing as a response to God's nearness. Praise fuels the manifestation of God's presence and kingdom, which is what I spend most of my book talking about. But once we're experiencing God's presence and kingdom, what do we do? We just worship, of course. So I imagine the authors would probably disagree with me on, would probably agree with me, excuse me, on this point, although their emphasis in the book is on praise as a response to God's presence rather than a catalyst for it. So in conclusion, I'm so thankful for theology books like this, like God's Relational Presence, that undergird the prayer movement and presence-centered ministries with a theological foundation. After reading it, I'm more convinced than ever that God's relational presence changes everything. Well, that's the end of my blog and the end of today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I would encourage you to get a copy of this book if you are interested in theology and doctrine and uh, enjoy sort of scholarly approaches to the Word of God and are looking for a theological foundation for uh, the kind of things that we talk about on this podcast about the centrality of the presence of God and the value of day and night worship, prayer, and missions. Look, if 
you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you're following or subscribing this podcast, however you're tuning in. I'd encourage you to go to Presence Pioneers. Dot org Subscribe via email there so that you can stay in touch with us in the best way possible. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. If you're on Apple, uh, please leave us a rating or a review in the podcast app. That would be amazing. Thanks so much. Don't forget, God's relational presence changes everything. 